I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes if you are not driving or operating some kind of machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go. And let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to To Be Honest, and of course, a very warm welcome to our first-time listeners. Last week, I talked about Carl Jung's four main archetypes: the persona, shadow. Anima, animus, and self. This week's teacher is Carolyn Mays, and in her book *Sacred Contracts*, she writes: "Archetypes are our energy companions and guides to our highest potential." She teaches that we all have a minimum of twelve archetypes. So even if we cannot name the twelve primary archetypes that Carolyn Mays herself works with, or those of Carl Jung, archetypes, my audience, are very much present in every aspect of our lives. 
They are templates that connect us with the collective unconscious, and these are universal patterns that we fill with our personal history, biography, and biology for our own purposes of growth. So, as I promised in this episode, we will discuss and explore the four survival archetypes that Carolyn Mays teaches, and they are the child, victim. Prostitute and saboteur. Why are they coined survival archetypes? Because they deal with themes relating to survival, including power, sexuality, creativity, safety, and existence. So these constant companions inform how we choose to use or not use our power to create the life we desire. Mind you, we all—we meaning human beings—we work with these four archetypes. That's why it's universal. That means global. Now, the question that we often ask of ourselves is: How do we negotiate our power in exchange for security? Now, despite the names of these four survival archetypes and possible negative connotations, their energies are neutral. That means archetypes are neither good nor bad. So please remember that. Once we understand their lessons and gifts, their shadow and light aspects, they become our guardians and will preserve your integrity, refusing to let you negotiate it away in the name of survival. So working with these four survival archetypes reveals our patterns that affect the quality of our relationships, the decisions we make, our habitual responses and behaviors, and how we struggle on and on with the challenges in our lives. So that means because it's a pattern, right? We keep ourselves looping because we are blinded, or because we simply don't understand the archetypes in us. So transforming the shadows of these survival archetypes into their light aspects can help lead us out of the valley of the darkness and pain, and open us to a healthier way of being. That's why I'm teaching these four survival archetypes. All right. So without further ado,、uh, let's look at the first survival archetype, and that is the child. So, as children, we are reliant on adults. That means our carers. And as we grow, we learn responsibility and the skills necessary to take care of ourselves. We also become aware of the need to make choices and their consequences. Ideally, we come to accept both our vulnerabilities and our strengths. It is also the child that learns about fairness. Cause and effect, and do deserve. Now, the shadow side of this survival archetype is when we evade responsibility and instead want to be taken care of. So we allow others determine how we survive. Right? If we don't take responsibility for our life, others in our life will determine that for us. So the light side is living through the eyes of a child. With unlimited imagination, wonder, playfulness, creativity, and curiosity. Please note: the child archetype is the guardian of innocence. 
Now I would like to share with you some of the nuances of a child archetype. One is orphan child. Now, this is a child who feels apart from the family, whether from a lack of belonging or from actual absence of the family. As a grown adult, they may continue to feel abandoned and rejected, or they can develop independence and an inner reality, therefore overcoming fear of being alone. So obviously, the shadow side of the orphan archetype is fear of abandonment and loneliness, whereas the light side of this archetype is independence and self-responsibility. Then there is the magical child. Now, both enchanting and enchanted, the magical child sees beauty and goodness in all, believes anything is possible, and can show great wisdom and courage in times of adversity. So, the shadow side of this archetype is depression and escapism, whereas the light side of this archetype is wisdom and courage. Now, in this episode, I'm going to use Hollywood movies to illustrate the different archetypes. I'm pretty sure we all know who Harry Potter is, right? It's either through the books or the Hollywood movie, and Harry Potter has both the magical and orphan child archetype. Next is the nature child. This archetype has an affinity with animals and nature. That goes beyond a love for them. These bonds are crucial to their being. One Hollywood character that pops into my mind is Tarzan. So the shadow side of this archetype is cruelty and disconnected from nature, whereas the light side of this archetype is tenderness, grit, and survivalist. And last is the wounded child archetype. And this is the archetype that I work with my clients the most. A wounded child has suffered abuse or neglect in childhood, so the traumas can continue to affect their adult life. We psychologists coin it past childhood wounds. The work is to heal them, so they can also develop compassion and learning to heal through forgiveness. So the shadow side of a wounded archetype is self-pity and blame. The light side of it is forgiveness and compassion. The second survival archetype is the victim. And we don't mean the real type of victim, like someone was robbed, attacked. Or victim of a crime, the victim archetype is about personal power, self-esteem. Our self-esteem comes from the knowledge that we can take care of ourselves. Victims believe that they have no power or control; that things happen to them, and someone else has authority over them. Now, a manifestation of this shadow is when people manipulate others, using sympathy, for example, to get what they want. They have learned to play the victim card. They blame others instead of looking within and take responsibility. 
The price is a loss of personal power and the erosion of self-esteem. Mind you, we are vulnerable to being used, preyed on, and victimized when we look outside of ourselves for answers and give our power and sovereignty to someone or something else. Now you can spot this archetype easily by these phrases. You will hear somebody say, "Oh, I don't have a choice. This always happens to me. I just have bad boundaries." Or I always get hurt by others, and here's what Carolyn may say about the victim. And I quote: "Don't be misled by the name of this archetype. When properly recognized, the victim can alert you to the possibility that you are about to let yourself be victimized, whether through passivity or inappropriate actions." It can also help you recognize your own tendency to victimize others for personal gain. We need to develop this clarity of insight, however, and that means learning the nature and intensity of the victim within. In its shadow manifestation, the victim tells you that you are always taken advantage of, and it's never your fault. We may like to play the victim at times because of the positive feedback we get in the form of sympathy or pity. Our goal is always to learn how to recognize these inappropriate attitudes in ourselves or others, and to act accordingly. We are not meant to be victimized in life, but to learn how to handle challenges and outrun our fears. Unquote. So my teacher Carolyn May suggests that we observe our responses when we feel threatened or when we feel we have no power in the situation, be it in a professional, social, or personal setting. Be aware of how the victim archetype steps out when we are around people and issues that we lack personal boundaries. Now, the victim archetype is the guardian of self-esteem and self-worth. Every time we confront and challenge the voice of the victim, we build our self-esteem. So, to help us develop the strengths of this archetype, be on the lookout for people around us who exemplify honesty, integrity, courage, and self-respect. And my audience, if you want to establish contact with your own inner victim, ask yourself the following questions: Do I blame others for the circumstances of my life? Do I spend time in the pit of self-pity? Do I envy others who always seem to get what they want out of life? Do I feel victimized by others when situations don't work out the way I wanted them to? Do I tend to feel more powerless than powerful? Okay, the third survival archetype is the prostitute. The prostitute archetype is commonly seen as someone who sells their body, but that is not the only thing we sell for survival. We also sell morals, ideals, our word, integrity, loyalty, honor, ideas, and viewpoints. The list goes on. So the question is, how can we be bought? 
You see, my audience, the challenge with this survival archetype is the subtle and numerous ways that it is in play. Now, people prostitute themselves in exchange for physical, financial, and emotional security, often without realizing it. The fear that underlies the prostitute archetype is so closely tied to control and many distorted beliefs, like "if only I had the time, then I would," or "when I have the perfect job, then I'll be happy," or "if only I had the money, then I could do this, do that." Well, you get the drift. So, my audience. Remember, we prostitute ourselves when we sell our bodies or minds for money, or when we compromise our morals and ethics for financial gain. That's why we see corruption almost everywhere. Prostitution may include remaining in a marriage or relationship or job that endangers our well-being for reasons of financial security. The prostitute archetype is the guardian of faith. If you have faith, no one can buy you. You know you can take care of yourself. Without faith, however, you will eventually meet the price you cannot turn down. What is the offer you cannot refuse? Where do you shortcut for financial gain? What will you give up? Your freedom, creativity, expression. Honor. A good example comes to mind from Hollywood is the movie *Indecent Proposal*. It is based on the 1988 novel by Jack Engelhard, in which a couple's marriage is disrupted by a stranger's offer of a million dollars for the wife to spend the night with him. The cast is Robert Redford, Demi Moore, and Woody Harrison. So, if you were put in that situation, could you be bought for a million dollars? Here are a few more useful questions to ask yourself: Have I ever sold out to people or organizations that I did not truly believe in? Have I ever put another person in the position of compromising them in order to gain power over that individual? Have I ever bought another person's loyalty? Support or even silence in order to have my way. How about from a different perspective? Ask: Have I ever offered to help another who was weakened by their prostitute archetype? Do I judge others because they find themselves continually compromising themselves? And last, do I think of them as weak and myself as a better person? And from yet another perspective, ask yourself: Have I ever felt myself being pulled into a circumstance that would require me to sell out my ethics, but then found myself strong enough to say no? Now, my audience, please take note. By us welcoming the workings of the prostitute archetype. We can see where we are being honest or dishonest with ourselves and others. We can use these golden opportunities to drum up our inner strength to act with integrity and dignity, and follow our heart's true desires. 
So the ability to understand this survival archetype leads to better boundaries. Well, my audience, there may be a lot for you to digest, and we are running out of time. So I am going to finish off the last survival archetype, which is Saboteur, in the next episode. And I'm going to use the movie The Wizard of Oz to illustrate the four survival archetypes so you can have a deeper understanding of them. Thank you for listening, my audience. I appreciate you. And until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to contact your inner survival archetypes. So bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-I-A-O.com. Mm-hmm.